The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. Our guest today has become a good friend of mine since our last recording on my previous podcast, and this man existing the way that he does truly gives me hope for all men, for fathers and sons, and for their wives. He will tell us his story when he gets on, but I'll start by saying that he attended Sex Addicts Anonymous for four years and has truly become a role model and healthy sexuality for men which is so needed as we all know, because most of us grew up with role models who were players, pickup artists, maybe porn stars, when it came to men being successful in their sexuality. And the implications of that are so dangerous. But the work that this man is doing is tearing down that old model. He has a passion for helping people become the best versions of themselves. As an international speaker, author, and executive coach for high-performing leaders in pressure-rich environments, he helps successful and incredibly busy professionals connect to their purpose, communicate bold visions, and lead meaningful change. He co-hosts the Great Man Within podcast, a show for high-performing men exploring the realms of purpose, masculinity, and sex. He also runs the Great Man Mastermind, a community of high caliber and high character men living their greatest purpose. He is a two-time author of Design Your Future and On Purpose Leadership. His mission is to lead 10 million men to live their potential over the next 10 years. He is truly filling the void this world has of healthy sexual role models Please help me welcome Dominique Cortusio to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. What's up, Jade? <laughs> um, I'm so excited to have you here. And we both just watched the same video. <laughs> and uh, I know you got emotional. I like literally have a tear right here still on my face from it. So, um, so I think we're coming into this with a great energy. <laughs> right on. Yeah, this was a, a video that you had sent me a couple of days ago, and I think it's produced by Layla Martin. Yeah. Right? The, uh, the, One the of my wonderful, teachers. Oh, yeah, great. She's a wonderful sex coach. And, uh -huh. um, and I think the name of the video is called um, Your Vulva is More Beautiful Than You Think. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it was just, it was, it was really cool for me as a man to watch, I think it was like four or five women who were in this incredibly vulnerable position where they laid down on their backs and had like a ring light, you know, between their legs. And they took a very up close and personal picture um, from between their legs and then showed the women 
you know, that up close and personal picture and the women were so critical of yeah. themselves. It was, it was really. That's when I started to cry, Dom, is when I heard their responses about their own body. Like for some reason, it just made me so emotional. Yeah, I can feel that right now. And then I, I got emotional again in the next part, which you can share. Yeah. And then where they took the video was um, they, they ended up showing the partners, the male partners who were sitting outside uh, the video, uh, the, the pictures of their, you know, their woman's vulva. And these men were just so complimentary. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, this reminds me of the 20 years of love we've had together or this, this one has... Yeah, this one has like a, a birthmark that I've always loved. It looks like a painting. And mm-hmm. and the women had a chance to to witness these guys that they didn't know they were being watched and they could mm-hmm. hear the unfiltered feedback. And it was just yeah. beautiful. It's so beautiful. I love it. Um I wanna I wanna touch on that again here in a bit, but maybe first for those who have not heard or are not familiar with your story you can tell a little bit about what brought you to the work that you're doing today. And I want to also say for those listening that um, I had, we, in the previous podcast, the magic hour, we had a really amazing episode with Dom. It was one of my favorites out of over a hundred episodes because when Dom shares, I feel that it's from such an authentic and vulnerable place as you'll hear in this interview, his answers flow pretty effortlessly. And I think that it's because he's done the work to truly know himself. And so he can speak from his heart because it's it's been integrated. And so mm-hmm. I really admire that. And you, Dom, um, another thing is that I've really learned from you and I feel that it's really helped my friendships is the way that you offer feedback and I think I've mentioned you, you, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but he, the way I've noticed Dom, uh, so the first time I, I came across Dom was in Maddie Moon's Sisu Society, which I highly recommend. And he was giving um, feedback to women based off of this polarity exercise. And he's also given me feedback in, in the past with uh, things and so I can confirm that he does this outside of teaching but he offers praise in a way of celebration about the person and then he says what I would love to see more of and I love that so much because it's such an invitation it's not I need for you to do this or you should do this or what would be better but it's something that feels so enticing like to hear someone say especially a man say what I would love to see more of makes me just want to do it. Like, what are you saying, you know? Um, and then lastly, uh, something that I do also want to praise and celebrate you for is that you have such a, um, and this is what really draws me to a person. You have such a presence in your, uh, when you hold space and, uh, you know, I, I went to Dom, heartbroken when my previous podcast ended and I just poured my heart out to him for like 15 minutes without being interrupted. And he afterwards responded to me with, you know, in that, in this 15 minutes where you spoke, you mentioned that you may not feel articulate or intellectual enough to have a show of your own 
but I just listened to you speak for 15 minutes and it was captivating. Mm-hmm. And I remember crying when you said that. And in that moment, I felt so seen and held by the masculine. And with his mirroring back to me, my own worth, I felt my worthiness wound heal a little bit. And it's part of why I was able to start this show. So I wanted to start off the interview with that and just celebrate those qualities of you because that is not the norm I feel when um, it's not the norm in our culture. It's especially not the norm I feel with men. And I feel like uh, there's so much pressure put on men to do so much that they often, um, when they finally, you know, get home or get in front of somebody in order to be able to hold presence, uh, it feels hard for them because they're at that point, they're like in their nothing box, you know? (laughs) And so I really appreciate I really um, appreciate all of those things about you. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect to come on the podcast and be just be blasted with so much gratitude. I mean, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That felt amazing. And I remember exactly where I was when I, I shared that with you of, yeah, I just listened to you for 15 minutes and it was captivating. Um, that 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 was uh, a really special moment that we had shared and it's so great to come full circle and be on the show that you chose to go forward with yeah. and, and to do this and i know um i know you've had to to step up into some new realms and you know and, and find a new a new strength and to find a voice and you're doing it beautifully so that's awesome yeah um yeah, so I guess maybe to provide some context for your listeners, because mm-hmm. we, we just dove right in at the deep end with vulvas <laughs> and you know crying and 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 all this self appreciation. So let's let's <laughs> all right. So so who the hell am I? And in a short, quick soundbite would be the, the man I am right now is I run a series of masterminds for men who are looking to find that next level in their lives, um, who want to do the inner work around. Who am I as a man? What do I want out of this life? And how do I want to show up as, say, a father, a partner, uh, a business owner, a leader, right? And where I came from was a pretty, I guess you could say, kind of default existence of, I was a guy I didn't really think too much about what I wanted to do in my life. I just went after the job that I thought would give me the most amount of money and flexibility. And I spent 15 years in financial services did well for myself, saved a nest egg, um, was pretty respected in the business that I, I built a career in. And one day just woke up and felt like, is this all there is? You know, is, is this it? And if I got another 30, 40 years of this, that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's the kind of what got me on the inner work path. And and then, you know, another stop on my journey was I'm going to leave. I'm going to create, you know, a life of my of my dreams in between that, uh, the thing that, that woke me up was back in 2013, I hit my own personal bottom. Um, I ended up in Sex Addicts Anonymous, where I went for a period of four years uh, to integrate my public life, my private life, and my secret life that had been running, you know, kind of parallel tracks for years, for decades. And I think the, the way that I would d- delineate a public, a private, and a secret life, public life was who I thought would be loved, you know, what everyone else wanted from me. Private life is kind of that discerning, here's who gets to see certain parts of me, here are the other people who, you know, here, here's here's who gets to not see those parts of me because maybe they're not ready for it or they're not close enough to me. 
the secret life was the one born of shame. Mm. You know, like this is where the stuff goes that if anyone were to know it, then they wouldn't love me, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and I think a lot of us can relate to having those shameful secret lives. And when the one woman who I'd finally fallen in love with, I'd, you know, for 33 years of my life, I never thought myself capable of love. Mm. I'd fallen in love with her. And then she found out that I had cheated on her. And all of those worlds collapsed and I was stripped bare and my self delusions of who I thought I was and what kind of man I thought I was just were whisked away. And I was just left naked with myself. And that was excruciating. And also the birth of um, the man that is on the show today. Yeah. That's beautiful. We're going to come back to the infidelity part. Um, because I think that's a big piece to speak upon. Um, I love, I love how you brought up the different parts and the parts that we're ashamed of. Um, I bet one of my best friends, Tom Shadiak talked about one time, and I still remember this It was over 10 years ago when he told me this, but he talked about like integrity as a, as a way of like, say you're like a dresser and it's like each drawer that gets opened do like if someone opened this one would they be shocked because it just mm. was so out of alignment of all of the other drawers and how would you feel if someone were to open all of your drawers you know like and so um i felt like that that took me back to that memory of of him telling me that that's what integrity was for him it's a great analogy yeah um so I'm going to, we're going to talk about a bunch of topics that had to do with your story, but first, uh, you know, we just brought up the, uh, video that we watched. And when, even when we first booked to this recording, we had the tugging on our hearts to tackle shame, shame of expression, shame of dick size, shame of, shame of vulva size. And so I want to go into that with you. Maybe we can talk about any dick size shame you've had or that you've experienced in your men's community? How does a man's dick size affect his self-worth and how we can heal that shame? And I can also go into the shame I've experienced. Uh, I, 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 uh, I actually, I think I told you this, I didn't even realize that I had vulva size shame until I talked about dick size shame with you. It like opened it up in me. And I am so fucking glad because what a journey it put me on. Uh, and I'll talk about that after, after uh, you go into uh, the dick size shame. Uh, it's, that's, that's great, Jade. I can't wait to hear what journey you've been on and what you've discovered. Um, and man, I think the, the first place that I just, that's coming up for me right now emotionally is how unfortunate it is that, these beautiful parts of who we are, our sexual organs and mm -hmm. how unique we're built, all of us can carry so much shame. Yeah, you know, it's our from, self. Right. And, you know, we, whether it's breast size or vulva size and mm -hmm. shape and labia and dick size and balls and hair, no hair, like all this stuff that um, can either cause shame um, or, and, and, you know, for some guys, an inordinate sense of pride, you know, given like, let, let's say they have the, uh, quote, ideal male dick or the porn dick, you know, and, and seeing what, what that causes on the other side of it. Uh, it's just so unnecessary. You mm -hmm. know, all, all the stuff that we that we carry around silently. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when it comes to like dick stuff, you know, I, I never aspired to talk about any of this stuff, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it, it, because of my journey and going through Sex Addicts Anonymous and uh, like my whole life changed, it was a very private journey. No one really knew other than like the, my inner circle, but because I was changing and deepening and softening and becoming more confident, everyone around me started to just kind of notice this transformation I was going through. And they were like, what do you, what do what's, what are you drinking, man? I want, I want some of that. <laughs> and when I started to kind of share some of the inside stuff about what I was going through, I was shocked to find that people didn't push me away, which I thought that would happen. You know, like when they found out that I was a sex addict, you know, that, uh, that, that would be a, a non-starter for them. And in fact, it had the opposite effect for 99% of the people they wanted to come closer. Mm-hmm. And when I started to recognize that these taboo conversations, people were so craving to have, they just needed a psychologically safe place to do it. Then I started speaking more publicly about these topics like, you know, sexual performance and pornography mm-hmm. and masturbation habits. And like, these are not even things that are central to the work that I do. They're just things that I, I'm passionate talking about because I, I know how much shame they carry. Mm-hmm. So rounding it back to like the dick stuff, um, in my community of, of men, and I run the Great Man Within podcast, we have hundreds of episodes right now, and a few of them have, have really tackled head on this conversation around dick stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've got so many guys in my community who reach out to me privately in the DMs who share some of their um, insecurities around either the size of their dick, the length mm-hmm. of their dick, the thickness of their dick, the curve mm-hmm. of their dick, um, the feedback they've gotten about their dick, mm-hmm. how their dick feels when it's not fully hard. Um, men who are in their 40s sleeping with you know younger women who have never experienced a guy with not a hard dick all the time. You mm-hmm. know, like there's just so much shame around. Uh, this stuff. And I, I think what I've started to notice, Jade, and I'm not sure where you want to go from here, but I'll mm-hmm. I'll say this last thing and then maybe you can dig in on anything specific yeah. is me, as soon as like men can start to hear that they're not, they're not the only ones mm-hmm. uh, who have questioned the size of their dick, the length of their dick, how hard mm-hmm. their dick is, how long their dick stays hard, how far they shoot when they orgasm, like all that stuff when they can talk to somebody about it, um, that shame they've been carrying around just starts to dissolve and there's a new lightness. That applies to everything. Yeah. Yeah, talking about it takes the shame away and it takes its power over us away. Um, I So I'm attending Layla Martin's VITA program to become a, a... certified sex, love, and relationship coach. I'm already a sex, love, and relationship coach, but um, through her program, I knew I didn't need it to be a coach, but I knew it would would enrich my own life. And it's been amazing. Uh, And I realized I didn't really know what a lot of the programming was out there because I never really watched much porn. And I never really watched much TV. And so I was always a bookworm. And so a couple of weeks ago, I actually binge watched Sex in the City because I felt like mm. what better way to find out what programming is out there, especially mm. for women. And I couldn't believe, I don't know that I would have picked up on this if I was using it for entertainment, 
But because I was using it to see what programming was out there, I couldn't believe how much shame was placed on dick size, circumcision, oh, performance. Yeah. Uh, it was it it was really it hurt me, hmm. um, and it was almost like I was watching like a you know a really sad show because I would feel heavy sometimes after huh. the episodes, um, and especially circumcision, because I think that there's right. It not only that being a man's first experience in the world, like in his first few days of life, feel that that also disconnects him from that part of his body. And then those who are not circumcised, there's, I mean, which I, from what I read, like half of States consider it cosmetic now. So moving forward, it, there's not going to be many people who are circumcised, which is great. Uh, but I, I think that I've heard more, I've only heard negative things about people who, who are uncircumcised, which is really hurtful because that's, mm. that's their whole being, sure. that's how they were created. And so there's something in us that is not okay with our whole being and like projects that out, you know? Um, I know for me, the last time we had this talk, it just came out of me, like you were talking about dick size shame. And in that episode, it just came out of me like, oh, I remember being shamed for my vulva size. And I remember being in a car and these girls were like looking at this porn star and saying like, oh, she, her pussy looks beat up. And, right. and it looked like mine just because the vulva was big, you know? Right. And in the past, I remember feeling like I should get surgery to make it right. smaller. And I remember, but there was also like, there, there was a lot of my girlfriends were not able to do this, but it, when I was, I mean, still now, but I, I found out very young that I could have an orgasm with my jeans on. Like I could make myself orgasm. And most of my girlfriends were like, what? Like that's a superpower. Teach and me. I, yeah. And I always thought, well, that must be because I'm a little bit bigger. So it's like easier oh. for me to, um, to stimulate it, you know, uh, mm. to stimulate all of my areas there is because they're all a little bit bigger. So I thought that, but, um, so I thought of it as a perk a little bit, but I also <laughs> felt embarrassed in front of men. And especially after that conversation with my coworkers in the car where they were like, you know, degrading her, her image. Um, and so I thought about surgery for a while and I, and I, I, I was always like Googling like ways to bleach it and things like mm. that. And um, I can honestly say though, that once I became aware, cause before I didn't realize that it was shame. Once we talked about it on the past episode, it like entered into my awareness that I had body shame there. And, you know, just the universe set it up perfectly because it was right when I started Layla Martin's program. And there's so much homework around uh, talking to our pussies and like putting a mirror there, uh, mm -hmm. saying affirmations to it we have to pleasure ourselves a certain amount of times a week, you know, in different ways. And so I've really developed a really intimate relationship with it. And so I, I, I'm trying to remember when our interview was, I think it was in March with you. So what Sounds that was right. yeah. six months ago, right? right? Yeah. Six months ago. So six months ago, I wasn't able to say the word pussy and I had no um, knowledge that I had shame of it. Mm. 
today, now for these last, last month, month and a half, not only do I feel this like overwhelming love for it, for exactly the way that it is that I literally have these conversations with it while I'm doing my affirmations and my practices. And I also like consult it the way that like a woman consults her womb. I also consult my pussy for downloads for information. And the other part, and I've not said this publicly yet, so hopefully people still hug me. But like <laughs> after I after I have my pleasure practice, instead of like wiping myself off, I actually like take my pussy juice and put it on as perfume, like on my wrist and behind my mm. ears. And I do that as a form of like really full acceptance of the way that I smell, the way that I taste, like everything. Because we mm. have been so culturally programmed to think that we stink and mm. to think that we're like we're ugly and that our, you know, our boobs are not perky enough, that our pussy is wrinkly or whatever, you know, the messaging is because we see so many airbrushed ones. And I even know for me, like with my Playboy spreads, they airbrushed me. Like they, they, you know, so even then to like be exposed in that way and for them to change even that part sure. of you also felt like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So I'm really thankful that uh, through our conversation that was brought into our awareness and for our listeners, uh, I hope that that feels like an invitation to embark on that journey as well. Um, do you have anything else to say? Yeah. For, for, well, first of all, thank you for, for sharing so much and so freely about your journey. That's, that's beautiful. It's courageous. And the, the thing that really struck me was that all it took was one conversation to make you believe that there was something wrong with your pussy. Mm -hmm. Right. It was, it was like that, you know, that, that time in the car where your coworkers were looking at the image, that pussy looks beat up. Oh, that looks like mine. And all of a sudden now, now you have this, this thing in your head for however long, how many years that like, this is something that doesn't look beautiful. It's not the ideal. My pussy's beat up. Maybe I should bleach it. Maybe I should get surgery. And how many of us have that, just that single moment, you know, mm -hmm. where maybe guys who are showering in the locker rooms and their kids, your dick is small, you know, and then bang, all of a sudden you're the, the small dick guy or, you know, like a woman has sex with a man with a small penis. Is it in yet? You know, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden that's a thing forever. And yeah. all, it all it takes is these, like, it just takes one moment in time and then not having anyone to talk to about it, which can create like years, decades, or a lifetime mm -hmm. of thinking there's something broken with you right. when mm -hmm. there's really not, which is why, you know, this conversation is so important. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get like, I'll, I'll, I'll get really transparent here. So, you know, from, from my end, like I'm, I'm 42 years old and, you know, hardcore porn, I didn't really have access to it until maybe I was like freshman year of college, you know, like 18, 19 years old, because mm -hmm. the internet really wasn't at full steam at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, the first four or five years of working with my dick, uh, I had no point of reference. Right. You know, my, my dicks just look great. You know, I was yeah. like, okay. My, and I didn't even think that it was, I didn't even have anything to compare it to, you know, it was just yeah. like, okay, my dicks, this is pleasure stick. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Right. Um, and then, you and know, then when you I saw a porn dick and then I, then I saw a porn dick. Yeah. yeah. So, so like 
again, to get like really real here. So, so my dick is the, we talk about this on the podcast, like my dick's extra medium. It's like, it's like a six inch penis. Um, and you know, in terms of thickness, it's average thickness, right? It's not, it's not like girthy. It's not too like stick thin. It's just, it's just like, I guess you could put middle of the pack based on measurements and like Mm -hmm. what I've read about this stuff. So, and I've gotten to this place where like, I'm very confident, like my dick's a beautiful dick, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and it's, and it's something that I'm very proud of. And there's this period of time where, you know, when you see porn dick, uh, which I believe the average is like eight inches Mm. um, and, you know, massive thickness. And in many cases it's bigger than eight inches. And then, you know, in every porn video you know, there's the, the, the image of, the dick coming out of the pants for the first time, the woman's mm-hmm. face going, Oh my God, how big is it? And then, you know, and, and it's like, it's, it's a thing in 90% of the porn videos, maybe more that I've watched. And all of a sudden this new ideal is, is born. And, and, and I kind of look at my own dick and I'm like, wow, maybe wouldn't it be nice for it to be longer? Wouldn't it be nice for it to be thicker? And, mm-hmm. you know, and like, wouldn't it be nice if when I was having sex, these women were saying, the same things to me as yeah. these guys are getting in the, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the porn videos. And who the hell am I talking to about this, Jade? Yeah. You know, nobody mm-hmm. for, you know, at least over, let's say 13 years uh, until I entered sex addicts anonymous where like, I really started to have these open sexual conversations. So almost a decade and a half of my life where I'm just forming all these worldviews and perceptions of myself mm-hmm. based on something completely um, I guess you could call it just like a, a really twisted reality that I thought yeah. that I was supposed to uh, aspire to. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I, I hurt when I hear that because, well, first of all, I want to say that out of the lovers that I've had, those with the bigger penises were not my best lovers. I don't, I don't know if it had anything to do with size, but I can honestly say that those who were on the smaller end were my best lovers. I don't know if it's because um, when it's when it's on the smaller end, it's easier for it to rub against the G spot, right where like the um, the like head of the penis is, and it gives like that sensation. That would be my guess. Um, I don't know if it's because they feel like they have to be a better performer, and so they are more of a giver. Cause I can say that the bigger ones were not givers at all. Yeah. I think they thought that they just had enough with the size, you know? Uh, and so my, my best lovers have been the smaller lovers, but I don't even like to use the word smaller because it was for me just right. Mm. Um, I can say though that a hurtful memory for me is that my first sexual partner by choice, uh, cause I had assault in my younger years, but my first sexual partner by choice uh, we were young and we didn't know, uh, we didn't know how to do anything. And we were also in the church. We were paired together through the church. And so we didn't, um, we had suppressed so much of our sexuality and we were so insecure around our sexuality. And I remember telling him that like, I couldn't really feel it. And I, it still hurts me to this day. It's been 15 mm-hmm. years and I still think about 
how, and it would be disrespectful because he's remarried now. I don't want to reach out to him about our sexual uh, experience, but I think about like, man, I really want to apologize because that was not fair. And I, I, I did not have the emotional intelligence to articulate it in a way that was helpful. I thought that I was helping us by saying we need to try something different or, Mm -hmm. but neither of us knew what we were doing. We were like 20, you know, uh, which doesn't sound that young these days, but it was, I was 20. Yeah. I was 20 for my first two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's something that I, I hope that these days we're starting to develop a stronger, um, intelligence sexually to be able to communicate. Uh, cause I, I, you know, I was his first partner and I, I worry a lot that I, I did damage there. Um, can I just, can I, can I just address that for a second, Jane? Yeah. I, I just, first I want to acknowledge your genuine emotion around that and, you know, and, and the sadness that comes up for you. And then the fact that you genuinely, um, do wish you could make amends and also to alleviate you of that burden, you know, because we've all been there in some way, mm. all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't get education around this stuff. Um, we're fumbling around the best that we possibly can and we hurt other people, mm-hmm. you know, not in, not, not in, in intentionally, but because we're ignorant and we're not ignorant because we're idiots. We're ignorant because we just haven't had access to education. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been on the, I've been on the other side of that where, you know, I, I'm not sure if I shared this in the magic hour podcast, but yeah, there was this time maybe when I was 24, 25, where a woman who I was like sexually interested in and, you know, relationally interested in, you know, our first time where I think I went, it was going down on her where like the smell was pungent for mm-hmm. me. And I, and I remember being really turned off. I didn't say anything to her. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't have like a reaction to her, but I remember just being like, oh, that's gross. Mm-hmm. And that that's, and you know, then that's how I handled it. And I remember- It's like our biggest fear. Right. And, and, I, and, and as I've talked about this, Jade, you know, I, and, and as I've done work around this, like I, I realized, oh my goodness, like I, even though I didn't react to her, I definitely pulled back, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I have no idea what was going on, you know, that day. And we didn't talk about it. And, but my withdrawal on some level hurt her. Mm-hmm. And I feel really bad about that. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And, and the yeah. best we can do today is, and she's also in a situation where I can't, you know, it would be inappropriate to apologize and have that right. conversation. Um, but the best we can do now is what we are doing now. And, and that's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. That is, that is how we heal through talking about it and passing on that healing so that others can, can be able to communicate, uh, in a helpful way. Thank you so much for that. Um, on that topic, I'm curious if you could share some ways that men can upgrade their sex lives and women as well. And what men are really craving from women. I think that what women are really craving from men is presence, like a deep presence. Um, I know for me, I crave that masculine energy that like commands, you know, and tells yeah. me what to do. Um, I loved that polarity exercise with you on Maddie Moons where you, you know, you said, move your hair to the left, you know, put your, you, tilt your head back, whatever it was that you said. 
And for a lot of women, that can be triggering. For sure. me, it's very, it's a very big turn on. Um, and speaking of the topic that you just brought up, that was your experience. I know that in the past with partners that, you know, were wanting to go down on me for so long, I was like having to pry them off me. And they were saying, <laughs> like, I love the way you taste. I love the way you smell. For me, that those were some of my best sexual experiences because I felt like they couldn't get enough. Yeah. You know, and I felt like nothing that came out of my body or that was on my body was gross, you know, right. and when a woman feels that sexually accepted, it unleashes our animal, you know, yeah. it, it lets us fully express. And that was before I had experienced sexual healing. So it's completely different now, even more. But um, yeah, I wanted to hear from you on ways that you felt that I guess men can upgrade their sex life and what they're craving from women. Yeah, well, I really hope a lot of the guys who are listening here listened very closely to what you just said about, you know, the the praise and the like the insatiability of your gifts and to 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 name that and to show that. Basically, you said like I'll 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 give you everything, you know, like mm -hmm. if you can if you can allow me to feel desirable in that sense, mm -hmm. then all my greatest gifts are yours and um, and every woman every person has their own path to, to that level of surrender and openness. So here's what I'll share from my experience. Um, and I've had a lot of beautiful interviews on, 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 on my podcast, uh, which you you've been on, um, mm -hmm. listening to women who are sex coaches, uh, just asking, you know, what is it that you want? And just distilling that information to men, but my own personal experience. So I'll start from my own personal experience. When I learned how to become a trustworthy lover, then all of these new realms of sexual pleasure and play were, were opened to me from my, my female partners. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is like when, when I have become a man that they can trust to lead, to communicate, to, to be really attentive to her needs, to know where her edges are, to have mm -hmm. safe words, to have aftercare, and we'll talk about all this stuff, then the desires that these women have brought to me mm -hmm. to express them like, whoa, you know, I, you know, th these places that they want to go to together, um, acting out fantasies or mm -hmm. getting rough or having sex in, you know, in, in places that are maybe naughty, like these kinds mm -hmm. of things, these new doors started opening. And I was like, whoa, had I known, you know, when this stuff, when I was early, you know, when I was mm -hmm. younger, I would have worked on my, trustworthy abilities much younger. Yeah. So, okay, what allows you to be a trustworthy man and a trustworthy lover? Um, we just released a, an incredible episode. It's, it's our most popular episode. I think of our last 35 or 40 episodes. And it was an interview with Hannah Diendorfer, who lives down in Austin, Texas. She runs in the oh. same circle as, as you, Jade, and okay. she knows a lot of the same people. So I got to connect you to. Yeah. Uh, we probably hung out in massive groups and not met. So I'm sure you have. She's like this fiery redhead, and okay, she came on the podcast. I think it's our episode 263 or 264, and the the title was uh, a step by step blueprint uh, to having better sexual conversations with your woman. Hmm. And what she did was instead of focusing on the sex itself, she focused on the front end of sex, like the conversation before sex. And then she focused on the aftercare, mm -hmm. two places that most men completely drop the ball. Yeah. So 
you know, when it came to, um, and I even polled my audience of women on Instagram, I said, I remember, right? Like how, how many of you, um, who, who date men, how many of you, um, have had your men invite you into a pre-sex conversation mm -hmm. to talk about what it is that you want, mm -hmm. how your body's feeling on that day. If any like desires or preferences have changed because what you wanted to do, Maybe a week ago when you were in your, you know, menstrual phase, you know, when you were menstruating is different than what you would want when you're ovulating, you know, like these kinds of things. And most of the women, I think it was two thirds of women said, no, their men mm -hmm. do not have those conversations. Mm -hmm. It's just like sex just begins. And so she, in many cases, without that level of communication, without that level of leadership by the man in the late, in the relationship, mm -hmm often feels like she's not understood. Mm -hmm. Her needs aren't worthy of being understood. Um, she can't trust him, you know, to know where her boundaries and edges are. Mm -hmm. Maybe she feels like he's only there for himself. Mm -hmm. And so many yeah. women struggle with feeling like a masturbation tool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't yeah. even like to use the word masturbation anymore. I'm maybe we can come up with a new word today on our, on this What's, recording. Why don't you like that word? Uh, so the Latin breakdown of that word means to pollute with one's hand, which I think is just another what? cultural programming of us being disconnected from our bodies. So pollute, um, pollutes in the Latin word, in the Latin root? Master to pollute, bait with one's hand. So to pollute with one's hand. <laughs> and that is such- That explains so much. That explains so much of my shame. So much. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, uh- you know, I use the word pleasure practice. I have a playlist called pleasure practice. Uh -huh. I've got a little section with my clit sucker, my, my cervical wand, there you know, you of my yoni egg, my, a part of my altar is dedicated to it. I don't know that that feels natural for men. I think starting to, but I don't know many men that light candles and have a playlist for it. And <laughs> right now, I, I also think because I, all the women I've talked to love the word pleasure practice. Most of the men I've talked to do not. And I also think that maybe they have a disconnect to the word pleasure. Like, yeah, is definitely. there, is there a worthiness wound there of they don't deserve pleasure or does, is pleasure always something that's been rushed for them? That's been hidden. That's been uh, shameful. Like what, what is it around the word pleasure practice that doesn't feel, you know, I think the term pleasure practice uh, doesn't 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 ring masculine. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, does, yeah it doesn't. And, and so I think a lot of guys are just like, "What the fuck?" You know, I jerk <laughs> off. You know, I I choke the chicken. I yeah. beat off. You know, like All these the are the terms. Slings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peggy Orenstein, who wrote the book Boys and Sex, she's like, when you hear boys and young men talking about sex, even grown men, it's like half the time you don't know if these guys just had sex or if they just came back from a construction site. Oh my it's God. like, I'm banging her, you know, I'm like, you know, we yeah. just like, th those are all the terms that, that are used. Uh, so I think the first part of that is it, it just doesn't sound masculine for guys. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's true. Nor does, mm -hmm. nor does like lighting a candle or, you know, putting on a, a playlist. And, and I'm not saying that like those, but even, even when you brought up the idea of like lighting a candle and putting on a playlist, my first instinct was to laugh. Yeah, you know, and 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 I just want to name that because, like, in my mind, I just pictured myself like 
Oh, turn, turn the lights out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, like, I don't know, getting crystals and like yeah. lighting incense. And it's like one of your videos where you're making fun of, like you're making fun of a character. Yeah. 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 Like for, so what for would me, be, what, what, cause I, I really would like to eliminate the word masturbate. I don't know what would be more fitting for men. Um, maybe we can do a poll. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, but masturbate actually seems like a step up from like beating off and right. jerking off and slack it, spanking it. Like yeah. uh, maybe we can get to masturbate first and, and then we can eliminate that if we give it, you know, one yeah. step at a time. Jade. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to also say you, you talked about the aftercare. Um, yeah. You in the past have talked about holding a woman after she comes, right. not after not after the man comes, but after she comes. And this is not the norm. Uh, and so I'm really thankful that you're introducing men to that idea. I can say with a past lover, a past relationship that I was in for years, there was no connection spiritually, intellectually, sexually. And we didn't have much sex, but when we did have sex, I often went in the bathroom and cried after, cause that's mm. how empty I felt after our sex. And I can't even imagine what would have changed had he just, first of all, if I came right, and then right. second, if he held me after, like that would have made such a difference in our connection. And I think that that one piece causes such a strong sexual connection. It's after the sex, but it causes such a strong sexual connection. Um, I'm curious if there's, something that you also think causes a lack of sexual connection. I know you said like trustworthiness. Um, I know for me, I really appreciate when a man leads me through breath work before, like when we can get on the same wavelength, the same, like get in the same realm, you know, like we do breath work before we eye gaze. It doesn't have to be every time because that doesn't sure. feel good. But when we do that and that's something that's a regular occurrence, it builds such a strong sexual connection to me. Um, I used to feel like I needed a lot of spiritual connection and intellectual connection as well. Um, and it's not that I've separated them, but something has shifted because now I feel like I've stepped so much into and reclaimed so much of my sexuality that I can experience that fully, uh, nice. in ways I haven't before, but yeah, maybe you can pull on some of those threads. Nice, nice. I think it'd be really cool to start in the realm of the female orgasm um, mm -hmm. because you brought some really compelling points to dive into. The first thing is there's there's still a lot of ego for men in in their in their partner's orgasm. First of all, I mean yeah. you have the, the whole category of men who don't care. If, mm -hmm. if their partner orgasms. And I don't think that like many of the people who listen to your podcast or mine are fall into that category. Mm -hmm. um, there's the next category of man who, uh, who needs the ego boost of mm -hmm. their partner orgasming. He'll say stuff like I made her come, you mm -hmm. know, like, uh, like I made her orgasm this many times mm -hmm. versus recognizing that it's yeah. right. It's a, it's a partnership, a big part of, her ability to orgasm is her own. You know, yeah, I used to have a partner that would count them 
out yep. loud, like, okay, we're at number 11, we're at number 12, we're at number 13, but <laughs> it lot. never felt, it never felt like it was something, it felt like he was something he was conquering. It didn't feel yeah. like something. And it actually by number like 11, I would be like, okay, like I kind of didn't want any anymore because I, I, it's true. It felt like it wasn't really for my pleasure. It First of like, all, 11, 12, 13, Jade, I mean, congratulations. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's amazing that like, like as, as, as guys, you know, uh, many of us have not gotten into that multi-orgasmic stage. I'm not in that stage yet. Just to hear that many. Yeah. I inspire. That's, that's amazing. I may do like a solo cast on that. I've never really struggled with orgasming, but I think I may have talked about it on your podcast that I started orgasming at like two, three years old because I was right. mimicking with my dolls what I was seeing right, right, right. Uh, in person. And so that may have been something that was turned on really early, but I didn't have an actual connection to. Now that I have a connection to it, and I can honestly say um, in my own pleasure practice, uh, I probably have like eight to 10 orgasms in a 15 minute pleasure practice with myself. Wow. Okay. Um, because I think because, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I would, you know, in PE as, uh, I used to like, I wouldn't be able to climb that rope because I would have them. So there's something, and I told okay. you I would have them with my jeans on. So I don't know if there's something to like my personal anatomy that causes that, but mm -hmm. I do know that there's certain breath work that I can do. Um, there's certain like places in my body I can focus on. So I may, um, cause I, I do get a lot of like shocked responses when I say that I have that many orgasms. So I may do like a solo cast on that and discuss tips and <laughs> processes and things like that. That's beautiful. And, uh, I'd be curious to know like what Layla Martin and her team have to say about, you know, that and what that's, you know, how, how, how you can use that for your own pleasure. And yeah. that, that's, that's beautiful. And yeah. is that why that rope in gym class was always so slippery? I just, I, <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that, is that why I couldn't get up it either? Uh, Jade, Jade's, Jade's finally, thank you. It wasn't all me. Um, but, but going, going back to that, like, you know, the counting and the conquest, yeah. like I know I used to be that guy. Like for mm -hmm. me, it was, it was the same kind of thing. And like, there was a part of me that genuinely, love to see my partner mm -hmm. orgasm and, and to, to have bliss. But there was also that like, you know, ego thing of um, it felt like it was for me. So like what I would encourage men to who are listening to this is like, no, the, the orgasm um, don't ever use that as a barometer of, of like your own ego and your boot, because like many times, it's putting too much pressure on your partner to perform oh, yeah. an orgasm, right? We hear this, yeah. here's, th th there was um, a lover who I had over the last, let's just say a couple of years. And um, she was sexual with me and she was sexual with another guy at the same time. Um, this guy kind of fell into the category of big dick, bad lover kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be hating on guys like with big dicks. There's plenty, no. I'm sure there's plenty of it's big dick guys out there. Who are, right. Yeah. But this guy just kind of fell into that category and, um, he was kind of lackluster, didn't put in the effort and he started using language. Like there was something wrong with her for not orgasming. Mm. Cause he's like, Hey, when I'm at, when I went, every, everyone else I'm with oh, is having hey, an orgasm. I can't stand that sentence. Right. And that, like, at least that you think like, <laughs> you know, like uh, if you're putting that much pressure on a woman, 
it is pretty common, not, not maybe not in the conscious community, but it is pretty common for a woman to just fake it at that point. Right. Because she feels that you need it, you know, and she's feeling rushed. Yep. That's, that, that's exactly it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was never able, uh, never able to orgasm with him. And, you know, with me, like there was a big, there was a steep learning curve for me with her because there was Mm -hmm. like certain particular movements that she liked that I hadn't, you know, she was unique in, in, in that respect and stuff that I tried with other women who loved it, you know, like say mm-hmm. eight out of 10 other women love this thing. She didn't. And yeah. that's, and that I think guys need to understand it's mo- m- many guys are just like, well, no matter when a woman touches me, it feels amazing. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so to, to bring it full circle back to, you know, when she does orgasm, um, the thing that I have found oftentimes that really evokes trust in my leadership is when she orgasms, she's most, many women that I've experienced, I haven't had a lot, a lot of sex, but I'm, the, the women who I've had, when I say I haven't had a lot of sexual partners, mm-hmm. um, but the women who I've had sexual partners with, uh, had, had sex with, when they've orgasmed, they're so used to being rushed into the next mm-hmm. position. Yeah that I, I've noticed they kind of like hit that crescendo of pleasure and then they kind of jump out of it to, mm-hmm. to kind of move into the next position with me. Mm-hmm. And I can see they short circuit their own, yeah. their own depth of pleasure. And that's that. wh- why many aren't having multiple orgasms right. is because they're not able to stay with their breath and stay with the pleasure. Um, and I think deep down internally, that may also be a worthiness thing of like, like only allowing themselves to experience so much pleasure. And then also it may be what you said, every partner, they're used to switching them into a different position then, or, you know, conquering whatever it is. Um, I had a partner once that I, I mentioned that I wanted to improve our sex life. And that was his response. I never had a problem before. Right. which only made me feel broken and only made me feel like, like, <laughs> okay. Like it was so cocky, you know, it was so unattractive. And then I had another partner where I said, I feel like we're lacking sexual chemistry. Like I'm not, I'm not receiving pleasure. Um, and I know you're putting forth effort, but I'm not sure what's going on. Yep. And he said, okay, well tonight I'm going to come over and I, want you to pleasure yourself in front of me I won't make it awkward you know I'll be kissing you during it I won't just be sitting in front of you which actually mutual masturbation has always been a turn on to me but he said I'm gonna sit I'm gonna watch you pleasure yourself so that I can see what works and that oh my god I can't tell you like just that confidence in him sexually and the fact that he didn't let my need hurt his ego right Right. Oh my God, it was huge. Right. That's, that, that's, that's beautiful that he, he was able to step into that spot. And Cam Frazier, uh, who's a great sex educator that uh, I follow on Instagram and have had on the podcast, he, he said, one of the best ways to learn your lover's desires is to become expert in learning how they touch themselves. Yeah. Because there's like all the answers are right there. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, the way that you touch yourself, the speed, mm-hmm. the tempo, the order, the sequencing. Um, and I, I also polled my Instagram audience about this is 
you know, for those of you who are in partnership, how many of you actually know how your partner likes to touch themselves? And mm -hmm. I think it was like 40% said they, 40% said they did know. And wow, I would think, I think that's, I think, I think that, I think that's too high. Um, I think they're like, yeah, I've seen him like touch himself or yeah, I've seen her touch herself, but like have not done what you just described, which is like create a, an actual no. practice. Maybe they saw them do it in foreplay with each other, but not like an intentional, right. Full yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's no secret that shame free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well being. and accessible expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called AIR. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. So I also wanted to ask you, because I know in the last recording, we talked about orgasm without ejaculation. And I was curious because I know, um, ejaculating is good for men's prostate. Do you feel like withholding the ejaculation could be damaging to the prostate? Uh, so I'm, I'm not, I, I like, I'm not the person to, to weigh in on that. Cause I haven't mm -hmm. done like the scientific research, but here's, here's one thing I will share. Mm -hmm. Um, I had dinner with um, a woman named Dr. Amy B. Killen, who's probably one of the, I would say like one of the leading edge doctors of anti-aging medicine. Uh, she does like P shots and V shots, you know, mm -hmm. so the mm -hmm. um, regenerative medicine around the penis and the vagina. She's done it for like Dave Asprey and Vishen Lakhiani. Like stronger orgasms, right? Yeah, it restores sensitivity in, mm -hmm. in those spots that, you know, maybe as we get older, become less sensitized and you know, she works with a lot of like cutting edge people. And what she had said, and this was like, this is maybe three week old information is like, based on her scientific research, there is no science that backs up that, um, that you can't come too much like that, 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 come, that, that orgasming um, and ejaculating 
too much has an adverse effect or that withholding it has an adverse effect. So I, I, that's, that's the best I can do for you on that question, Jay. No, that's a good answer. It makes me also wonder, um, Connor Beaton from Man Talks, who I also love, um, he posted a couple of weeks ago, do you want to masturbate because you're horny or because you feel down, stressed, bored and need the dopamine? Yeah. And I felt like exposed in that moment <laughs> because um, you like you said, you know, there's no too much with it that it's like good for us. And that is how I feel about myself. Um I feel like I get a big dopamine surge. Um, I It is for me like a cup of coffee. Like I don't know that I would have been fully ready for this interview if I didn't this morning. Like mm. it's part of my morning practice and there is a noticeable difference afterwards. Like I don't walk without dancing. Like I'm like happier. I have more energy. I'm more, I also feel more in my body. Like it's, it is like a meditative practice for me. I also do combine it with a meditative practice where I see the Kundalini snakes coming up. I do breath work, um, say affirmations, all of that. So there's definitely a piece of that to it, but I don't feel horny in the morning and decide to have a pleasure practice. I am doing it because of how I feel after doing it and how I feel during it. And so I'm like that. His question made me wonder though, like, Oh, am I, is it maybe becoming an addiction? Is it becoming a crutch? Um, like what is too much, you know? Um, and so I know for me, I was so disconnected from my sexuality and had so much shame that right now I'm not going to, um, limit my pleasure. Yeah. That's my journey. But I'm also curious when I saw his quote and when I, when I hear what uh, that doctor told you, I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah. So th thanks for sharing all that. And some, some real points of clarification here. First of all, I, you know, I believe that question, cause you know, he, 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 his audience is primarily men. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that question is primarily targeted towards men because yeah. that that's a re that, that's a reality for many of us. Now the evidence of your life after you masturbate, I think is almost all you need in the sense of, I feel more alive. I feel more connected. I feel more confident. I feel more radiant. I feel more creative. Like what else do you need, you know, in terms of validation that, that, that that's working for you mm -hmm. when it comes to men. Um, the point of clarification I would want to make is I think Do Dr. Amy Killen had said, you know, like from a physiological standpoint, orgasming, ejaculating doesn't do like any harm to the body, but I want to talk about like energetically, which mm. is a very different thing yeah. that like is very different. Like, you know, science hasn't figured out a way to, to, to capture this, but you know, you talk, if you read like some David data, you know, he would say, um, you know, when we ejaculate, then we lose our life force, our right. vital, you know, our vital life force that kind of gets expelled out into the world and a very subtle spiritual mm -hmm. dullness starts to set in. You know, Montak Chia, who wrote the multi-orgasmic man, also talks about that as well. And, you know, as we get older, I believe he says a man in his 40s should ejaculate once a month, you know, oh, to, wow. to retain the, the, the chi. And, and, and here's my personal experience with this, Jade. You know, I was a guy who, like, needed to ejaculate to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And my ejaculations and my orgasms were not followed by, 
like your experience of expansion, I just felt, I felt like I, I was finally, the anxiety in my body had just left, you know, I could finally sleep or if I was frustrated or working on a project that it was like scattered, it just like numbed me out. It got rid of that nervous energy so I could kind of focus, but it, it wasn't like I was yeah. in a flow, you know, it, it was like, it, I just got the gunk. Flow. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I got the gunk out of my system. So the last piece I'll say in this is I spent four years not masturbating when I was in wow. Sex Alex Anonymous. Um, four years, no porn, four years, no masturbation. And there was an 11 month period during that where I had no sex. I remember, so, yeah. Right, complete abstinence. Mm -hmm. It was those 11 months where I retained all that life force energy where I changed my entire life. Um, yeah, as a form of like putting that life force into other things. A hundred percent, like a hundred percent. I had, I had dreams of becoming an entrepreneur and leaving a 15 year corporate career but then I would get all nervous about that and then I'd jerk off and then the idea would just kind of, you know, go away until whatever it would come back. Now I had nowhere to put that energy other than let's build this thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was during that 15, that 11 month period that I decided to leave the 15 year career and do what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I, it did occur to me, not for the first time, but it was brought up in me, you know, our second chakra is sexuality and creativity. And right. For me, once I have that pleasure practice, I'm in a creative flow where I can write. And um, there's something to that. There's also something to how I said I like put my pussy juice on my areas that you normally put perfume. My income has increased by 25% since I started doing that. Ah. So there's something also to our sexuality and money. Sure. Um, that I'm still digging into. I'm not able to articulate it quite yet, but there's some sort of sex magic going on there um i love that you shared that and if you can't tell i'm sure you can uh i tend to ask you questions and then ask you more questions before you get to f finish answering the question because <laughs> i have so many questions for you but i had asked what you think causes a lack of sexual connection besides the trustworthiness um do you have anything else to add to that before we move to the next topic i also want to check in with you on time yeah, lack of trustworthiness. So what else? You know, one one of the things that it, this is reminding me of Madeline Moon, mm -hmm. um, who this is how you and I met was mm -hmm. she came on the podcast uh, that, that I run and uh, her episode is one of the top 10 most downloaded. And, I, and it was wow five, five ways that men lose credibility with women. Was the I listened the, to it. Did you? Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the things that, sh that stood out there that I talk about all the time with our men is one of the ways that men lose credibility with women is lack of integrity yep. in what you can and cannot handle. Mm. And what does that mean? So one of the biggest complaints that, that, you know, women bring to, to me about, you know, the men in their relationships is, um, he's always tired. He's always overwhelmed. He's always got too much work. He can't mm -hmm. be, see me or spend time with me and, um, and invest in a relationship because he's got all these th things going on. And then he gets angry that I want to spend time with him. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and what she sees that as is he, he's not aware of his capacity, you know, to, to handle the big work stuff and to handle the big relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and then he 
sacrifices the relationship stuff uh, and then gets surprised when she's upset about it. And so there's, there's like a lack of awareness of, um, you know, when, when, when he doesn't recognize, okay, maybe, yes, I do want to build my business. Yes, I do want to make money. And I also want to invest my best energy in this relationship too. When, when that missing component in the relationship is there, she loses trust in his, uh, she, sees his, she sees his excellence and all of his intensity going into work and wonders why. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't it doesn't translate into the relationship, and that's yeah. a severe source of disconnection that we've seen over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I'm curious too if there's um. I don't know if you've read Iron John. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's something too that have come up with women in my community of like. Um, men not breaking the cord with their mother yeah. that makes it hard to have a sexual turn on or like feel sexual attraction when there's still that cord attached. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's too big of a topic um, or if what your experience has been there. That, that can certainly play a role. So, I mean, in Iron John, um, what's spoken about is how there are so few rites of passage for men to mm-hmm. for for boys to enter manhood mm-hmm. um in many cases uh the father is not really around whether mm-hmm. it's like it's a single parent household or the father's at work and in in many cases like the mother is still the primary caretaker even in this modern society iron john was written in the 1990s uh so you know things were different then but still you know i guess you could say more progressive than it was 70 years ago um, and many of the boys' primary relationship was with their mother, um, and a codependency had been developed. And he, without that breakage of connection, that like umbilical cord, you know, the metaphorical umbilical cord mm-hmm. with the mom, then he ceases to be his own man. Mm-hmm. And and then he will either find that relationship with other women that he dates, that you know, she'll mother him. Um, you know, he'll bring all of his emotional neediness to her, those kinds of things. If if that's running in the background, that'll depolarize a relationship. Or he continues that with his mother and it feels almost like an open relationship. That's competitive with his, like, you know, his, mm-hmm. his, his romantic relationship, right? So mm-hmm. mom, there, there's constantly that battle of like, who gets who gets the attention? Is it mom or my my woman? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that 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 dynamic plays out. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, I have a quite a few men in my life who have overcome sex addiction or porn addiction. And the common denominator has been either they were exposed to porn very early, um, or something else I've noticed, and I'm not sure if this, um, holds true for you. Something else I've noticed is that their mom was a very sexual being and kind of like, there's a term that Carl Jung uses for it, some sort of incest. It's not conscious and nothing actually happens sexually, but because she's such a sexual being and she's so open with her son about her sexual experiences and sexuality, it causes this. um, I don't, I don't even know how to articulate it, Um, but that's something that I've also seen. Yeah. It's it's called covert incest. Yes. And, 
This was uh, this was something I learned quite a bit about in Sex Addicts Anonymous Recovery. There's a book called Silently Seduced. Mm. Um, when parents make their children, you know, like surrogates, mm-hmm. um, like like husband or wife surrogates, and what 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 can happen quite a bit in family dynamics is if let's just use the mother as an example. If she's not getting her emotional needs met by the husband then she'll often um, forge that relationship with the son. Mm-hmm. And, and then, the, you know, there could be inappropriate things like, you know, mom sleeping in bed with their, with their son that's, you know, a little bit older and there's like inappropriate touching, uh, confiding in the son, you know, who's eight mm-hmm. or nine years old, like some of her emotional baggage. So like- I'm feeling like he needs to protect her from- that yeah from men, you know and 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 the boy ceases to be a boy and now and now bears the the burden of you know an adult's emotional inner life you know neil strauss writes about this neil strauss who wrote the book the game mm-hmm. which you know i think is is kind of like I, I i look at that book as kind of like the bp oil spill mm-hmm. of masculinity is just kind of this toxic thing and pickup artistry that polluted the ocean even though we put a cap on it um, it's still out there and it's doing damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a follow-up book called The Truth, which was, you know, his taking responsibility for his sex addiction and um, and how his relationship with his mother was one of covert incest. And, you know, she would lay in bed with him and she would touch him and she would confide in, um, th- there's a whole bigger story about this, but like, you know, how the father wasn't there. And, mm-hmm. and that was a big part of like what, caused him to have a lot of the behaviors that he had so yeah yeah a lot of a lot of boys have that i think there's also something too when um, a mother's very attractive and getting a lot of sexual attention that a boy who naturally wants his mother to himself mm-hmm. feels he's having to share her with a bunch of men something there happens as well um and my concern that i'm trying to navigate and i'm going to have a sex positive um parenting coach on about this, something I'm trying to navigate is that, like, I'm very affectionate with both of my kids, um, my son and my daughter. And so um, I want to know what is helpful and not helpful. I always want to be super affectionate with them. Of course, I didn't get affection as a child. Mm. Um, But also, I want there to be zero sexual shame. I don't want them to have any shame around touching themselves. I don't want there to be any um, shame around like one of uh, my favorite poets who I've had on the show posted a photo of like her and her mom in a bathtub together as grown adults because they, oh. they used to go to, they grew up going to nude beaches together. There was no shame around nudity. And I really want to raise my kids that way without exposing them to this type of dynamic, you know, and I, yeah. I don't know what the line is. And so um yeah, that's something that I'm I'm working on navigating. I love the question you just asked, or the the statement you made is like I I I want this. I just don't know where the line is. Yeah. Uh, nor do I, and mm-hmm. I th- but I think it's a beautiful vision to hold for them, yeah. which is like you can learn together. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um. So, you brought up in the. Are you okay on time? We've I got three more questions. Great. Let's hit them. I'm going to try really hard to keep them three. Um, So you brought up when you shared your story about the infidelity with the woman you were in love with. David Data says that all men want more than one woman. 
So I'd like to maybe talk about your experience with that, maybe why why you felt it happened with someone you were in love with. Um, and also, what do we do with that, that all men want more than one woman? I don't know if that's a and true why statement. why is it men? Like, why don't we say that about women too? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and and I, I don't know if that's a true statement. You know, like okay. I... I, you know, I, I'm in various men's group. I run multiple men's groups. I'm in a men's group myself. And, um, and the men that I'm with that have committed monogamous relationships have zero desire, you know, to, to be outside anywhere mm -hmm. else. Now, so some of the guys like have, have had fantasies and like, you know, I think we all do, right. These like, Oh my God, you know, I have a connection with this person, but ultimately desire just that monogamous relationship. And there's plenty of others who have you know, alternative ways of looking at it too, but I don't think it's limited to just men. For me, um, my infidelity had nothing to do with, uh, you know, whether or not I only wanted one woman, it was just based on a whole lifetime of, 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 of ignorance, of shame, of secrecy, of lack of education, of lack of emotional awareness, uh, a lack of anybody to talk to about this stuff. I'm at a place right now, you know, like that happened eight years ago, mm -hmm. uh, nine years ago, like I'm in a place now where like I, I've had the opportunity to, to date around and do my thing and have freedom. And I want one woman, like I want one woman. Now that's not to say like, you know, we get into a relationship and five, 10 years later, like we both decide, Hey, we want to open it up and explore that. I like, I'm open to that. But like, for me, there, 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 the, the thing that I want is to go deep with one one person who's my ride or die mm -hmm. that we can just go to the ends of the earth with one another that no one knows her like I do. No one knows me like mm -hmm. she does. That's, that's what I'm seeking. And of course I'm going to have pulls to attractive people. I know that, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I want more than one. Yeah. And Ben Gorski and Justin Patrick Pierce talk about that in a form of you can have all those women in your one woman. Um, right. And like, even, you know, my partner said, you know, a couple weeks ago, something like we've been dating two years and you've been three different women. It's been hard to keep up. It's hard <laughs> to be with you. You've been so many women. And to me, I was like, I'm going to continue to have constant fruit funerals for myself. And also, isn't that fun? You've had three <laughs> women. <laughs> but, uh, they talk about that, how, and also I, that's something that I think is um, an okay thing to want in our partner for them to constantly evolve and, and not stay the same person. But I guess it is, um, can also be hard at the same time because you don't sure. like, it is a lot to keep up with, but they talk about, um, finding that woman that multiple women and like one yeah woman and how um they also talk about how their desire with the, their woman really rests on how much polarity they have in the relationship and i think that's what sexual connection comes down to as well is like how much polarity is there um and i know i've i've heard you somewhere it was either a caption or an episode say like to if you want your man to like step more into his masculine, maybe partly Maddie Moon too. Of course, we need to out feminine them, uh, which can be really hard for women these days. Sometimes, but, yeah. Yeah, but uh, to also speak to them as the king or as the masculine, like to to say, 
you're my hero to say things like that. And um, I think that for a lot of women that can be hard because we live in a culture that is punishing and not praising. Cause I think we, we're taught to think that if we praise, this has at least been in most of my workplaces as well. If we praise people will stop trying, you know, right. Right. Um, or, or it becomes subservient. Like if you tell a guy you're, he's your hero or he's a King that that somehow makes you his servant. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's, and that, that's not what we're getting at either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Jade, if you don't mind, I mean, just to, just to respond to what you had said about, you know, the, the changing and being three different women and, you know, like, I think, I think it, it's helpful for men to understand if, you know, if, 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 you're a very masculine man, right? Like, and I consider myself to be someone who's quite masculine in mm-hmm. my essence, which means, you know, I'm, I'm grounded, I'm rooted. Um, I like to provide structure, but I very much value like the feminine, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the change and the color and the joy and the pleasure. And so I know that I'm going to attract a very feminine woman, which means that what comes with that territory is the constant change, mm-hmm. right? And and that is going to provide the tension. Like, so I know that I'm signing up for that and I know that's going to challenge me. I know that's going to bring me to my edges and know that's going to push me over my edges and know that's mm-hmm. going to create conflict. And also, like you said, the reward for that is polarity, a lifetime of lack of stagnancy, you know? Um, and, and, and I do want that, but I've had to train really hard for that because I, I I very much was used to be someone who like, you know, with my, with my feminine partners, it would be like, I thought we already talked about that. I thought that case was closed. I thought that issue was over. Didn't we resolve that? Yeah. Right. And like, I could, you know, and, 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 differently. And, yeah. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my brain around that. So I, I've been there, but I recognize like, here's what I want. And I understand what's coming with that territory. And, uh, and I've trained for it. Yeah. And I mean, we can use that example from the top of the show about where I stood six months ago with my sexuality compared to now, you know, it's a completely different, a partner being with me in that stage and a partner being with me in this stage, it's a completely different experience, you know, and that's just in one area. Um, and so much of my work is on like to do with the growth path. So I can only see that continuing, but I didn't feel any shame with that statement. I felt um, actually like I, I wanted to celebrate it. I was, I was happy about it. Um, and I know that that'll, that's something that I'm going to continue in. Um, so it's, it's ultimately, you know, what you said, and as well as like having a partner that is willing to love us through all of those funerals and rebirths. Um, mm. uh, so I wanted to talk to you. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about before the staples that we end, I end every show with. But because we did talk so much about um, porn addiction and it's such a big part of your story, can you give maybe a couple of tips for men who are struggling with porn addiction? Sure. Um, it was really interesting is from, from my experience, masturbation was so much hard, like more challenging for me to get off than porn. I, I gave up porn, no problem. Oh, wow. Um, but masturbation was a daily struggle. Like during those four years that I took off of porn and masturbation porn, didn't even think about it. But for for the guys who um, are, are struggling with porn, I think the first thing I would just want to say is 
and this this may be something that's brushed off very quickly, but first of all, have some self compassion. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys beat themselves up about this, and you know, there's a lot of shame around it because porn has been vilified, you know, and it's like porn is the problem, porn is the problem, porn is the problem. And if you're a guy who's watching a lot of porn and you hear that porn is the problem, porn is evil, and you're still doing it, you can start to feel like, oh my god, I'm broken. Like, is there something yeah. wrong with me? And, and what Which I want to say is common in our industry is like trying to tell people they're broken so that they'll hire us, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so I just want to say like, listen, by no means, are you the only person who's struggling with it? Who, you know, who, who's using it more than you want, who's maybe like hiding in bathrooms to jerk off, like, mm-hmm. like in the middle of the day. I mean, it's, it's, it's pervasive because, um, you know, the porn aggregators have really learned how to get, how to force feed you this stuff and to give you exactly what you want and to give you more than what you want to kind of keep you hooked and lead you down this path of, right. Of of chemical warfare in that sense. Mm -hmm. So the question then becomes, how's that working out for you? Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. like how's that working out for, for your sex drive with your, like to have sex with a real human being? Mm-hmm. How's it working out for you with respect to your own self-worth and how you feel about, you know, your body, how you feel about your sexual prowess? How do you, are you finding yourself comparing? Um, is the porn you're watching today, like, are you watching hours more of it as compared to a few years ago? Are you watching more intense porn now than you were just six, 12, 24 months ago? Like, have you mm-hmm. finding the escalation? Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes like, what impact is this having on your life? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's start, it's not benign, you mm-hmm. know, at a certain point it stops being benign. It stops becoming just a thing. And it has a real impact on your ability to love a real woman's body, um, to connect with that person, to not be playing pornographic images in your mind while you're having mm-hmm. sex with that person, just to keep your dick hard or just to come. Uh, like these are all things that you know, men, really truly experience and the thing that i found jade when i when i removed porn from my for that period of time um was with my with my partner that i was restoring trust with you know the one who i had been uh, who i cheated on when, when i started having sex with her again when there was no porn in my system these little nuances started coming back like i could smell her skin again yeah and I can notice like how beautiful it was the hair falling on her shoulder, like these, you weren't I, numb. Could, I wasn't numb to it anymore. I could feel like when she touched my body, I could feel the contact point and I could also mm-hmm. feel the energy shoot through my body. Whereas like when I was heavy into porn, the only the most extreme stuff got through. Yeah. What a beautiful articulation. Um, I think I remember, and I remember you doing a poll with women about their partners watching porn. And I know for me, a lot of women, a lot of my female friends don't have a problem with their husband watching porn. They think it's just a thing that guys do. They're not addicted. So it's not really affecting their relationship. But uh, I know for me, it is a deal breaker if a man watches porn, not because there's a jealousy or a competition there, but because I have a strong conviction i'm in the texas coalition to stop sex trafficking and porn even free porn because there's ads on the site funds sex trafficking and for me 
it, like you said, a lot of self-compassion, but also compassion for the state of the world that it's in and, and how much like sex trafficking is like the number one industry. It brings in so much money and it's really, really bad in Texas. And for me, um, it's important to me that my partner is in alignment with wanting to help heal that. And it's those drawers in the dresser that we talked about. If we're trying to help stop sex trafficking, how can we contribute to it through watching porn? You know, it doesn't go together. So for me, it's more of an alignment thing. Um, I'm totally okay with ethical porn. Right. Um, audio porn, which you've talked about. I think that's part of your porn cake. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, self-made porn, like together. I'm, I'm totally okay with all of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like a hard boundary for me. Um, a great, a great documentary for anyone who's like, you know, who's picking up your vibe and who wants to learn more is hot girls wanted mm-hmm. on Netflix. And okay. this was actually recommended to me by Lisa Ann, who's a friend of mine and Lisa Ann, you know, one of the top 10 most downloaded porn stars of all time. She spent like mm-hmm. 20 years in the business and got out and, and, and she shared that, you know, the hot girls want documentary gives a, like a great expose into how that world just, uh, it preys on women, puts them in terrible working environments, women who just don't have access to, um, who are, who are left on their own and, and kind of abused and then chewed up, spit out. And that also gives like a little bit of a lens, I think a little bit of a lens into the, 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 the trafficking side of things, yeah. but it forever changed the way that like, if I choose to use porn, which is, you know, maybe, maybe like once a month or something like the twice a month, like I'll, I'll go look at it. I'm going to an ethical porn site like Bellisa or Lustry. Um, those are two ethical porn sites where it's like people who are consenting, you know, upload their own stuff or mm-hmm. Bellisa is like for women, by women porn. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Really high, high. I would say like one of the reasons why ethical porn for men doesn't work oftentimes is because the ethical porn sites, the porn that's on there just, just doesn't do it for you. It's, it's mm-hmm. like such a departure from the porn they're used to watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, what was it? Uh, who was the woman? Erica Lust, I think. Uh-huh. I know her. Was considered, uh, and I, I don't know, there's been a lot of controversy around her, but like she mm-hmm. was kind of like for a while, the like the feminist porn movement. And I remember trying to watch some of that stuff and it just like, it didn't hit with me. Mm-hmm. Bellissa is, is like, is the website that, like produces porn that just, it feels clean. Like the woman is respected. You could tell that she's cared for her pleasure matters. Um, and when I finish watching it, I don't feel like I need a shower, you know? Yeah. Russell Brand talked about that too. I love his um, short YouTube video about porn usage and the damages of it. But I, I love that he brought up, like he had never watched porn and felt good when he closed his laptop right. ever. Right, right. Um, I love that he was open and honest about that. Um, thank you. Thank you for those tips and for your vulnerability there. Uh, lastly, when we met up, this is such a pivot, but <laughs> when we met up for uh, coffee with friends here in Austin, you brought up that you were ready for your queen. Yeah. And in that one sentence, I remember uh, you took a huge breath and you got choked up as you said that you were ready to call in your queen. And it does something in me when I see a man talk about something that matters so much to him that he tears up. 
Two of my best friends, Tom Shadiak and Kyle Kingsbury, do it when they talk about matters of the heart every time. I don't know if I've had conversations in person with Tom, like deep conversations where he didn't cry. Mm-hmm. And um, Kyle does it every time he talks about how much he loves his wife. And mm-hmm. it's so moving for me. I fall in love in that moment with that person's openness and passion and raw emotion. I'm curious, and I think it would be helpful to the audience to know what you are doing to call in your queen and what you're desiring in your queen. Ooh, wow. Very nice. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for all of that. And, and j- just j- j- the, the first place I'd love to start that because you, you brought this up at the very beginning when you're introducing me is like that you could feel my heart. I had to work my ass off to find my way back to my heart, mm. my ass off. Um, because I was so, I mean, when you talk about, sex addiction, that was to shut everything down because I couldn't handle the emotions of my inner world. It was, you know, it was, it was very chaotic. It was overwhelming. It was, I'm, I'm, I'm emotionally very, quite sensitive and didn't know how to deal with that. A lot of men yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we numb it out with like, you know, overworking or gambling mm-hmm. or porn or you name it. So to, to work my way back where I can feel my heart again has felt like uh, one of the greatest odysseys, inner odysseys in my life. Mm-hmm. So my queen, what am I doing to call her in? Um, I'm speaking out about it, just like, like, like I'm putting it out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into the ethers and like saying it to people like you. The universe can say yes. <laughs> right, right. Like and energetically letting it be known, you know, to, to people who I, I respect and who, who might know someone, you know, that could bring mm-hmm. to me, you know, to, to, bring, to bring up a person that, that maybe. Yeah, I got me brainstorming. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, that's exactly. Um, I'm not on any of the dating websites because like the dating websites just don't work for me and, and some of my compulsive behaviors. Like mm-hmm. it just, I think, yeah. but he, here's something that really came to me over the last week or two, Jade, about a big behavior change. I notice that I can take, like I, I can sometimes go after instant gratification mm-hmm if I'm feeling like alone or I feel that emptiness of not having a, my, my partner here with me, I haven't had, I haven't had sex in over nine months since my last wow. or eight months since my last relationship ended. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling all those feels. Yeah. And so sometimes I can find myself in what I would call amateur behaviors and just like, I'll go in sexed with someone that like doesn't, doesn't kind of align with my, like where I'm going with my queen or mm-hmm. I'll have like four or five women in my life that, if I cobble them together, they kind of create almost like a relationship, you know, like I'm not sexually active, with them, but, but like I'll, I'll go get my emotional needs One of them is Alexa. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I got two of them. I got one in my bedroom and in my, in my, in my kitchen. Um, and, and I can see it's like, oh, these things are, are distractions from mm. dealing with the longing that I, that I don't want to make room for and don't want to make mm-hmm. space for. So, like I'll go out to that lunch with that person or I'll, you know, whatever, instead of just like sitting with this, um, the, the deep desire, the true desire, like, cause I feel something needs to pass inside of me, yeah. um, for that real opening to occur. So I think there's one more layer of energetic opening that like I haven't faced yet. And I'm not, I'm not saying that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not like a sequential thing that that needs to happen for my queen to come in. But you ask like, what am I doing? That's, mm-hmm one of the big things I'm doing. Which is making space. Yeah. Yeah. I am really proud of you. Um, I don't know any men that 
even in the conscious community that when they're single, they would go nine months. Um, and I don't know that it's the right word to use, but be protective over their sexual energy like that, or to, um, choose to not distract and to, uh, just, I'm I'm, I'm proud of you and I am really excited to see your love story unfold. Uh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you're not on any dating sites, but you can find him at Dominique Cortesio on Instagram. <laughs> at Dominic Q. Uh, Dominic Q on Instagram. So yeah, look me up. <laughs> so there's a few short questions I like to ask everyone who comes on the show. The first one is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Uh, yeah. Kiddo, you are, you're a beautiful guy with a lot of energy, uh, uh, like a tenacity for life and you're also you've got a heart as big as the ocean and if you ever need me i got your back i know that you feel like you yeah like you 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 have a lot going on in your head and you don't feel like you have anyone that you can talk to you can talk to me Mm, that's so beautiful i could feel you actually saying that to your inner child as you said it that's really nice If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Wow, that's a good one. I think I think I already said outwitting the devil on your last Mm -hmm. podcast. That was one of them. What would be a great book? Uh, Ooh, um, Michael Singer's "Living from a Place of Surrender." Okay, it's an audio book. Okay, "Living from a Place of Surrender." Jade. This book, thank God it came into my life uh, when it did, which was about last year, right around this time, because my last year has been a masterclass in surrender. Like, uh, yeah, just, me too. Right? Like not getting what you want is an amazing oh opportunity to practice surrender. Yeah, that's a sum up for my year and why radical acceptance had been so useful for me, which you recommended, because nothing has gone my way this year. Well, it's gone my way, but not how I would have planned it. Great, great restatement. And if, if, if I can, if I can like put a book at the top of your queue, especially given what you've been going through, mm-hmm. Michael Singer's living from a place of surrender. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's about eight hours. I listened to it four times in a row. I listened wow. and then I, then I gobbled up all of his audio lectures, which are basically kind of, um, exclamation points on that and the untethered soul it's i've never heard a mindfulness teacher just take these concepts of suffering and cravings and aversions and break it down Mm -hmm. so simply from so many different angles to teach us why we're constantly fighting with the forces of humanity that are always going to beat us and that our one true path to like long-lasting happiness and peace is surrender. It truly, so every year I give the year a word and this year was play. Nice. Last year or the year before was transformation and holy hell was it transformation, (laughs) but this year was play. He would have thought I would have given it suffering. Like it has not felt like play, at least in my, you know, construct of what the word means. Uh, you know, I started off the year with the esophagus surgery from the combo incident, mm-hmm. um, nearly faced death two other times. Mm-hmm. And, 
the house had mold, had to get rid of everything, had to get rid of my library of 500 books, lost one of my closest friends, uh, lost the podcast. Uh, my relationship has had a really hard time, you know, this year with everything we've had to work through. And it's just been a really freaking hard year. And when I asked in my last ceremony, when I asked ayahuasca about it, I thought it was going to be some revolutionary, this is why this has happened. This is its purpose. And instead she just said, that's life. Like yeah. you either roll with it or you suffer. And so yeah. I just felt like also like, why, why was I thinking I'm privileged in a way of like, I, I'm not going to suffer. Like, why right. did I think like, I, I'm not going to go through hard times, you know? And so it just felt like it was a lot happening in one year. Um, next year's word is pleasure. If you couldn't already gather uh, that, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm enrolled in Layla Martin's school next year. So there's a lot of pleasure that I'm sure is to come. So last time I asked you that question, you had said outwitting the devil and the enlightened sex manual were the two books you said. Cool. But I'm super stoked about the book you brought up this time. And that is going to be my next read for sure. The last question is if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Hmm. That's a good one. If I could whisper one phrase to every person on the um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, this, this is what just came to me. Loosen up, mm. <laughs> just loosen yeah. up. Yeah. We're all so tight right now. Yeah. Just even if you tune into your body right now, <sighs> just let it, you know, I mean, we, we've been so consumed with the pandemic mm. and, who's vaccine, who's not vaccine, who's political party and who's, you know, not getting what you want. And can we just loosen up? Can we just yeah. loosen up and, and stop taking it so hard on yourself? Uh, I think, I think what you said a, a minute ago was really kind of cool about who the hell am I to think that like everything has to go my way. Yeah. You know, like life is, I love how the grandmother just basically gave it to a matter of fact, like this is life. It's hard. You're sometimes. not exempt. Right. You're not exempt. And like, who told you it was supposed to be easy? And uh, yeah, so can we just loosen up a little bit and play and have some pleasure along the way? <laughs> yeah, mm, I love that. And I think even those listening, if you just like tap into your jaw right now and feel even there, how it may not feel loose, it may be tight, you know? And uh, I think it's Maddie Moon that always says like, tight jaw, tight yoni. Like you can't, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Maybe it's Maddie, but it's also uh, London Angel Winters, who I love, Justin Patrick Pierce's partner. She always says, like, loosen your jaw and remove your tongue from the top of your mouth. Like, mm. loose loose jaw, loose tongue, and it becomes loose yoni in a good way. I know that sounds not great, but it's in a good way. Um, and, yeah, but energetically loosening up is really what we need right now. We all need a big group hug. Thank you so much, Dom. This felt... Um, really natural and uh really really beautiful i hope i didn't suck you dry because it's been an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> i've asked you like a hundred questions uh nah, i love it really rejuvenating for me uh where can people find you online and connect with you to work with you great uh dominic q is my instagram handle so d-o-m-i-n-i-c-k-q uh, and then also dominicq.com 
which is where, uh, well, actually, instead of DominicQ.com, I w- I'd rather say, come to, come check out the Great Man Within podcast. Yeah. I mean, the Great Man Within podcast is like our crown jewel. We've got over 270 episodes now. And, you know, we talked a lot about sex and sexuality on, on this episode, on, on this particular episode. And that's a part of what we talk about on the show. But a lot of it is about, you know, finding your purpose in life and optimizing your morning routines, evening routines, you know, men stop lone wolfing their lives. Like, like these, these are the things we're really passionate about. So there is a bounty of, of conversations over there that I think if you dug this one, you know, you, you'll, you'll stay busy over there. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jade. Such a pleasure. <laughs> All right, you guys, that was a very, very sexual episode. Um, I know that can sometimes feel really triggering or it can feel um, like some shame can come up or shame towards our conversation. Um, But I would just invite you to feel like invite some openness into those areas that maybe felt uh, conflicting for you or felt shameful for you. And I truly think that when we up level our sexuality in a way that removes shame and is able to be discussed and is able to be merged with our spirituality. It is so powerful in healing the world because the addictions, the sex trafficking, the rapes, all of the things that come out of sexual, like a lower form of sexuality, a a sexuality that's been shamed and repressed and it comes out in these dysfunctional ways that's all happening because people aren't up-leveling their sexuality. They aren't merging it with spirituality. They're not removing the shame and, and having these conversations. And so um, I hope that that adds some uh, refreshment for you around this topic and this talk. And if you've hung out for this almost two hour episode, thank you so much. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. You'll get a discount with code Jade. You'll get 15% off. Currently, my favorite is the suction toy. It is my favorite thing to use during sex and during my pleasure practice. Without fail, I have multiple orgasms every single time. And I actually pair it with my pleasure wand. And that is from wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. I also have a yoni egg from there. And the yoni egg... If you haven't heard of it, it strengthens your pelvic floor and, you know, the more toned that area is, the more toned your face is actually. There's a lot of studies around that. So it has anti-aging effects. You'll get a discount there with code Jade. So the clit sucker is from dameproducts.com. You can go to that one first. And if you want to add a pleasure wand, you can go to wands.com. Both of those will be code Jade. And then Royal Codes Goddess Wear. I love my Mary Magdalene two-piece set and my snake armulet. I wear my snake armulet almost every day. I'm obsessed with it. Code Jade for a discount there as well. And then all things CVD at directhemp.com. 
I love my sleepy time gummies and my body butter. I love, love, love it. Put it on my feet every night. That's code Jade as well for a discount. And then all things infrared at higher dose infrared products. I love my sauna blanket and my bioenergy mat. And I also especially love the infrared face mask. I use that while on my bioenergy mat almost every single night. And I feel so grounded and ready for bed. That's code Jade75 for $75 off. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. If you thought of someone during this episode, that means that this episode would probably be helpful for them. So send it along. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.